Listen up, Sydney. There's a new kid in town. Mick Malloy has come to play with the big boys. And there's no bigger boy than the king of the West, the Wild Panther, MG. So buckle up. This is going to be one hell of a ride. Mick and MG in the morning. (laughs) What could go wrong? We have Natasha Belling, who, when she's in the studio, you know there's big breaking news. Hard hitting. Because she dots the I's and crosses the T's. Uh, she's one of the great news breakers in this country. And you do, like, like we make a round down the shallow end, but you are up there doing the highbrow stuff. What do you got? Well, this says everything. I've got a job for you two. You know, if things don't work out, yep. I just thought of you well, two. Well, that's a vote of confidence, <laughs> isn't it? Good on you, Tash. Thanks, Tash. Thought of you straight away. As we start to see across the world legalising marijuana in many circumstances. For medicinally yes. and even recreationally, I believe. Yep. Absolutely. Um, over in the States, Montgomery County is now doing something very interesting. It's bringing in marijuana smokers. Literally, they will go and pick them up in police cars. Yeah. And they walk them to a tent outside its training academy so they can get stoned. Bag of Cheetos, <laughs> bottles of water and plenty of pizza are on the house for free. Why? Pa- well, participants are then used as test subjects for officers trying to determine whether someone is too high to drive. Now, that's not easy, no, apparently. It's not easy. Unlike people who drive drunk and whose impairment can be quantified by breathalysers and blood alcohol tests, it's more difficult to work out with marijuana. Apparently. Ah, here's the roadside test. Hello, driver. One down the window. Can I interest you in a piece of this pizza? <laughs> if that's yes, get in the back of the TV <laughs> van. And uh, doesn't it, the, would eye, you, the eyes, the eyes give Would it away. you like uh, a packet of burger rings? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Is that a bong between your knees? <laughs> no, it's a Mr. Juicy. What are you doing in there? Electing a pope? <laughs> <laughs> so they go and get, the cops go yes. and then pump you full of marijuana. Yes. And then when you've got the munchies, they feed you and, and then put you behind the wheel of a car. And all the snacks are provided. And apparently the Washington Post story provided an account of a recent session held on a Thursday night that lasted for nearly Four hours participants engaged in a 30-minute consumption session followed by impairment evaluations inside the building and repeated the cycle. We've got to do this here. We've got to bring it to Sydney. I think there's an occupational health issue with that, Well, they're they're doing it in America. I mean, and as long as they've got clear eyes, it doesn't clear eyes. (laughs) Clear eyes. (laughs) All right, driver one down the window. Would you like to listen to Pink Floyd? (laughs) The doors. Oh, let's get to the bottom of that. <laughs> the big story of the morning. This is a bombshell. Are you sitting down, Sydney? Uh, <laughs> what I'm about to tell you will change the way you look at the world forever. Because the, the bloke sitting next to me over the weekend, MG, bought a winery. <laughs> he, <laughs> well, he, no. Explain yourself. I bought into a winery. So you bought into a winery. The last I heard, you were heading off to Leeton Leighton, yes. to do a speaking gig. I went, good on you, yep. MG. That's it. Stay in your lane. No problem, ho. And then over the sort of Sunday, 
You just casually send me a text going, oh, yeah, no, Leeton was great. Bought a winery. <laughs> now, explain yourself. Because when you went up there, you yeah. were banging on about some tawny port and lemonade you were yes. going to go up and have a drink You get a very good memory. Well done. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a, a, a young bloke up there called Frankie um, who I was going to visit. And he's, um, he's got a, a brand of a drink called tawny lemonade, which is basically called Happy Days. He then told me about his uncle, who has a brewery. He has a, no, a winery. A, a, winery. a winery. Sorry, a winery. Yeah. Um, you've got the brewery. I've got the brewery. So, <laughs> between us, we can, we're taking over. We could just, just hang out and get pissed. We already do that. Forever. What are you talking about? We already do that. So, I, um, Frank said, come a bit earlier, um, and my uncle will put on a bit of a display for... Uh, a wine tasting wine at the tasting. winery. So I went around. Perfect. Lilypilly Estate, it's called. Um, the wines are Lilypilly wines. And um, at the end of the day, after we were looking around the, the farm, it's a 52-year-old business, family business. They migrated yeah. from Italy um, in the early 50s. Yep. Um, and now I looked at the wines and I had a little taste. Uh, these wines are now – these wines, by the way, Mickey, the Lilypilly Estate wines are oh, – Look out, he's getting, he's getting into it, promoting uh, his winery, in, mate. They're in business class on <laughs> Qantas. They're the, wines you, they're the wines you drink when you have a... Well, a, if I sat up the front of the <laughs> yeah, plane, well, I would be, but I'm down with the rank and file. <laughs> with me? Yeah, yeah, no, me. I know you. You turn up in your pyjamas. You expect to be in the first class no, cabin. I steal them. Every time. So Lily Pilly Wines. Yep. Um, so when I think of the great wine-growing regions, <laughs> I think Burgundy, Napa Valley, Parossa, and now Narendra. <laughs> Out near camera. And so which wine was it that got you across the line? So you're doing a tasting. Yeah, I did like they have oh, five reds, five whites. They had some boutique um, dessert wines. I didn't, I'm not a real fan of them. I like the Sav Blancs. I like the, a crack. Yeah, I know you would. I've got a crack. I've got a crack with material I've, I've got a crate coming for you. Don't worry. I've got a crate. Don't worry about that. That'll get us oh, through God. the six to oh, seven hour. Oh, God. I'm going to be like Booney so trying to break that record during a show. So, you know, how rec- yeah, recently I bought a into a Greyhound. Well, now I'm into grapes. So, it's, I'm, I'm looking for a third G. What is wrong with you? So on one hand, you're at the Greyhound races. The next, you're at the winery. <laughs> I can't keep up. Because uh, we've come a long way with wine in this country. Mm. If you remember back in the day uh, where, when I was a lad, and, I, and you wanted to buy something nice for your girlfriend? I go, a uh, carafe of Moselle and orange, please. <laughs> or a flag. Uh, a flag. Drink, drink a cask away. wine. Maybe, yes. And remember they brought out the really uh, ritzy cask wines, oh, which were like yeah. two litres. Hello. Yep. Um, and then uh, my favourite ones were Benin. But remember Benin? No. Oh, well, you're too young. Yeah, you're too young. I do, but I remember. Blue Nun. Blue Nun. Blue, oh, look, here comes Tash. Oh, come oh, on. An old piss pot from way back. Yeah. Benin, Blue Nun. What else? Who's a Blue Nun? Oh, Blue Nun. <laughs> oh, you. the fancy Moselle was very, very. Black but, Tower. Remember Black Tower wine? I do remember Black Tower. Um, Black Tower, what about uh, Blackberry Nip? <laughs> remember Blackberry Nip? <laughs> do, you know, do you remember this? This might have just been me. We used to blow up the empty cask silver thing and use it as a pillow. Yes, you? if you're staying at a festival or something. Yeah. Yes, oh, that was just it's called the bladder. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I'm in I'm in the greyhounds and now grapes. What's I need something else with the G. What Do else? you? Yeah. What else could I get? You Maybe think? Valentine's Day next year. Where's the wine tasting? <laughs> well, you're gonna have to bring him in. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, all right. Well, we could, we'll I've we'll, already got a tab there, don't I? You've got a, you've got an open tab. <laughs> 
You've got well, part of it. So I'm brewery. You own a, I'm, a, I'm, a, a I'm winery. I've bought into a winery. Yeah, uh, Lee Pilly Estate at uh, Leeton. Yes. Would I you describe it as an impulse buy? Uh, yes, I would. You're up there. Mm, yeah, you got oh, carried away. Definitely. You love the wines, definitely. and you're in Lily Pilly wines. Get on board. Uh, this will be a good one. Have you have you made an impulse buy? One triple three five three. Have you gone away for a weekend and come back owning a winery? Can we get? Oh, can we do a bus trip here? All the whole for everyone. Here up to the winery, Look. and it's got to be like a bucks party. You know what a bucks party turns up at a wine tasting? Oh, oh, I'm yes. going to hold your winery in a siege situation. <laughs> Good luck getting me out of there. Day eight, we'll run out of food before we run out of wine. <laughs> uh, we're asking people, uh, what's your impulse buy? John's on the line. Uh, John, uh, did you ever uh, go early or go off uh, because you were just impulsive? I didn't go early. Going? What'd you do, Johnny? <laughs> what did you do, mate? Cat, eagles, cat. Anyway, um, what did I do? I was Sunday afternoon cooking a barbie for the family. Way too many ales. Why I had my phone, I was on the auction site. Oh, yeah. And um, I bought, what, six dash cams, four action cameras, six of those Bluetooth speakers, those, um, those um, little, you know, charge your phone, solar panel things. Yep. Eight yeah. of them and... I didn't even know. Then the next morning, I wake up Monday morning at work, reading me emails. It's like congratulations on your win. Six emails on congratulations on my win. I'm like, how did I win? I went on. Well, lo and behold, two thousand eight hundred dollars later, I bought a whole lot of crap, and it's still sitting in the box at home. I was wondering why you needed six dash cams. Oh, I haven't used one of them yet. I gave one away. They I gave are, one away. Don't worry, mate. It's a sound investment and one that will be uh, give you a big return one day soon. Thanks, John. Scott's on the line. Scott, uh, made hey. an impulse buy? Yeah, mate, sure did. Uh, my missus told me she was pregnant, so I decided to buy myself a push present. I went and bought a brand-new uh, Nissan Navara. <laughs> Uh, the getaway vehicle, <laughs> <laughs> was it? <clears throat> and the baby seat doesn't even fit in it. Oh. <laughs> All right. And how long ago was that? Uh, six months ago. Six oh, months I'm ago. Still, so you still, still, still haven't had... House. So has baby arrived yet? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's arrived. He's arrived. All right. What's, Just his, okay. what's his name? Little fella. Hudson. Oh, nice. Hudson Gray Madden. Oh, well, there you go, Hudson. I'm sure you'll uh, have a long life. <laughs> With Hudson <laughs> in a car that can't have a baby seat. <laughs> Kat, you made an impulse buy, did you not? Yeah, I was living in Adelaide and there was this big fun park down south that was doing a big auction. It was shutting down. And so we thought that'll be fun. They're auctioning off everything that was inside this fun park. So a mate and I went and we just got a bit carried away and had had a few at lunch. Uh. We bought a 30-foot high water slide and <laughs> neither of us had a backyard. We both lived in apartments. <laughs> How much was it? It was only 500 bucks. Oh, we still. thought it was hilarious. Have we still got it? <laughs> no, we left it there. We went, we actually, how are we even going to take this home it's in a car? Give, give you 800 bucks for it. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Joined in a live in the studio by Dr. Chris Brown, who, you know, I'm just saying, we could never room together. Like, we could never be in a shared house because no. our lifestyles are quite different. Well, tell, tell everyone what you've been doing this morning. I, I had a, like, you know, it, it's it's morning. I, I had a swim before I he's, came here. He's so, already had a, he's done a triathlon this morning. He's coming, he's he's coming with red, red eyes. He's, 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 he's coming with red eyes, I thought. Looks oh, like he's had half a, a, a bucket bong or something. <laughs> you felt some alignment in lifestyle there, oh, and then I stepped away. <laughs> and then you went the completely oh. other. 
direction. He's been swimming. All right, no bunk beds for us. Um, <laughs> now, we've just been talking about the uh, cocaine bear, mm. uh, based on a true story, and uh, there's a new film out called Meth Gator, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Now, that's supposed to be based around people flushing meth down toilets in the Florida area. Yes. And it, it getting into the water system mm. and, and a Crocodile. alligator going bonkers. I'm guessing that's not as true. That's that's definitely possible. Like they're very sensitive, like reptiles, or really any animal. And you know, it depends how much you're flushing down the toilet. Well, it depends uh, how many police officers are walking yeah. through the front house. That's <laughs> correct. That's correct. So, yeah, that that one that one may have some some semblance of of, of truth. Like certainly, fish acu- like. Aquatic animals accumulate anything that's in the water. Yeah. They slowly build it up. So you got to you got to watch that. I said a bit, I what said about a bit. Sharknado? Was that true? <laughs> can, a, can a tornado pick a shark up and drop it uh, in a crowded CBD area? What do you want to be true, Nicky? Just just give me a, give me an indication. I only can make if, it happen. Only if Iron Zering can be in it. <laughs> Remember Iron Zering, the bloke from... You, you go to places that I would never pick in the world. Now, we need to talk uh, at giraffes. Uh, what do we need to know? Well, giraffes ha- have a rather unique way of, of sensing when, when the time is right. Because uh, animals do give signals, don't they? they and, and, Mickey, this might surprise you. So do humans. Um, well, oh, I wish they were easier not, to read. Yeah. <laughs> so, Girls, how about making it plain? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I mean, like baboons, like the female bottom goes bright, red, bright, bright red. red. Yep. That'd be good. Yep. Imagine if girls' bottoms... Like when they were interested, so you're in a bar, and all of a sudden, Ruga, look at that. You what do a... not want a, a, a woman's bum to look like a baboon's bum. No. Trust me, there are there are things that you can't unsee no, once you've worked on a baboon's bum. And the dogs, um, the dogs get lipstick as well. But... <laughs> oh, that's all right. Yes. Elizabeth Arden gets her run. <laughs> so that would be, but I'm just... Well, that's the male signal, really. I, that's not a... you, you, I mean, you've got to be careful joking about the, the lipstick on a dog. I, I, I treated a dog the other day that... Uh, he, he that you? No, he, got, he had his lipstick stuck out. Oh! Um, yeah. It took some coaxing to, to get back in, and that is that is not something you put on your resume. That is... You don't go to vet school uh, to learn that, but... Uh, but it's Tell us about the giraffe. Something you have to do. All right. Look, giraffe... The, the way they indicate, the way the female indicates that, that she's ready is, is uh, well, it, it's, it's most animals let, it, let the other animal, like the, let the males know by, by weeing and, and then the, the other animal, then oh. dogs do this, cows do this, a lot of animals do it. And, and the, the male nose is very good at detecting the pheromones to say, okay, yeah, it, it's, it's Hello, time. We're on okay. here. So. <laughs> You've got a logistical issue, which, which Mickey... <laughs> Touched on with the giraffe and the fact that they're very tall yeah. and that the head is very far away from the ground, Man. right? So if if the female giraffe was to wee on the ground, the male can't really get down to reach it without really oh, inconveniencing himself. So yeah. far down there. So so when the female, so the male, the way the male checks if the female is ready is by walking up to her and he gives her a, a nudge with his head, which is the the. Giraffe language for would you mind weeing uh, in front of me right now? Let's get a game going. And and she obliges, <laughs> but he, he can't he can't take the risk of it falling onto the ground. So he oh, wheezes into a go. mouth. Oh, 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 come on now. There's, there's a whole porn category. Come on, people just driven off the road. <laughs> so he wheezes into a mouth. 
and he does the necessary tests, the chemistry, at that point, swishes it around his mouth and breathes it in like a like a, like, like MG is going to be with his wine soon. Just just. Yes. Just sloshing it around, <laughs> seeing what sort of what seeing what sort of notes it has. What's you my monkeys? Me, my monkeys. Well, he's looking for the pheromones, and once he finds the pheromones that are there that he needs to know are there, then yeah. he knows that it's. Do you know it's what? Time. I think I saw the same thing on maths. And we've asked Dr. Chris Brown to hang around because we've got a story he might be able to weigh in on. Uh, We might need to uh, apply his medical knowledge towards uh, this activity. And we're talking about the underground world of mothers selling their breast milk to male gym fanatics for up to, cop this, $136 a pint. What? British women, uh, and I, I think it's happening here now as well, are benefiting from a new source of income, a side hustle, uh, by selling their breast milk to men online. Dozens of expectant new mums are advertising so-called liquid gold online for up to, yeah, 136 bucks a pint. Some are even taking crypto. <laughs> uh, now, is this a thing? Personally, mm. I prefer my breast milk brewery fresh. <laughs> I like to... Tap it from the source. Uh, but is this a thing and is there merit to it, Dr. Chris? Just checking. You, you realise the doctor it relates to animals. It's not a human, it's not a human qualification. Yes, but you I, would understand the qualities that breast milk have. Th- thank you. Yeah, I, ab- absolutely. Yes. Look, the, the, this would be a real thing. And, and the thing about breast milk is, you know, across all animals, um, humans being one yeah. of them, breast milk has the higher, in the early stages, when you're in that colostrum stage, it has the highest level of protein, mm. highest level of antibodies. It's 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 got some some growth sort of hormones in there. So it would it would be very for the gym guys. This is wow. this is better than a protein shake. Really, protein shake. That would be a protein shake, and it's 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 cheaper than some <laughs> craft beers. Well, at yeah. this point, it's like a creepy white Russian. <laughs> If you know what I mean? Which leaves a little moustache. Team Rory Milk. Your little breast milk moustache as you leave the gym. So there is something to this idea. There would be a, there would be a market for any aspiring entrepreneur who wants to start to. I mean, I look I look forward to the approaches. Uh, it's going to be a delicate conversation to uh, to find your uh, your team of producers, if you like. Could you heat it up and put it in a cappuccino? Yep. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it would, it you have like a no, Jay. It would froth like you wouldn't, but baristas would. Because like oh, oh, oh. the protein in a milk that makes it froth, right? So that's that is what a barista. Did you just say a barista would love this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a babooster, a babooster, a babooster. If you want more more froth in your milk, you use like a higher protein milk. That's that's the key. Froth is just protein. So this is this is froth. Central. This, this is, is. I cannot wait to get involved. <laughs> well, there's a lot of men frothing for this. Let's just let's this. just tap up a keg <laughs> and go hard. Thank <laughs> you, Dr. Chris. Joining us live in the studio for the first time today. Where have you been, you lazy? What have you? I've been working been so doing? hard, and now you've locked the door on the studio. Yeah, I can't well, get in. Well, welcome. To see how cold it is in here. <laughs> I love it. You got your beanie and your gloves on. This is unbelievable. Breaking news. What is it? Yeah. Well, good news. Uh, More than 2,500 people are set to stream.
strip off for a vital cause in the world's largest annual nude swimming race to be held in Sydney. This is a Sydney event, right? It is. It is a much-loved annual Sydney skinny event, which is returning after a three-year COVID hiatus. And you're saying you do this most time. You, you've been doing this. No, I haven't. I've been bringing you the story. <laughs> no, the swim. No, I have not. Oh, you will. No, I won't. Why? Why wouldn't you get your togs off for a good cause? Because <laughs> exactly. there's other people there and they don't need to be confronted by anything like that. I say embrace it. It's for a great well, cause. Well, we say embrace it then. <laughs> and where is it being held? It's being held. Now, it's called a beach. Oh, I've got the, it's is called it, a it's, beach. It's called Cobbler's Beach. Cobbler's. Now, <laughs> I bet it is. I went and did a deep dive on Cobbler's. And it's near. Okay, here we I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to get that phrase. <laughs> here we go. And that's going to come back to haunt you. A deep dive I've done a deep cobblers. dive on cobblers. Fire away. Keep and going. when I put I, it I'm, into my Google search, a lot of stuff came up and then IT saw me, but I'm, that's I'm, a different I'm, story. I'm glad that this uh, swim isn't at Nobby's Beach in Newcastle because then that deep dive would have sounded a little bit different. Tell me what happens at Cobblers. So I didn't know Cobblers is a nudist beach at Mossman. Oh, Oh. you knew. What are you talking about? You and Glenn go there all the time. No, we don't. Here's the problem. The problem with the nude beach is it's everyone you don't want to see naked. Am I right? That that sounds like fun and then you turn up and it's just full of pot-bellied German middle-aged men. Not great. The same as swingers. How would you know? Okay. Oh, I might do a deep dive on that. <laughs> Guys, uh, focus. Now. Sorry. I I went so there was in in Melbourne there's a nude beach called Sunnyside and it was near near where it, we oh, what? No, it was Sunnyside Sunnyside <laughs> up. It was, I'm not making it up. Wait, hey, cobblers, Sunnyside. <laughs> But you had to be nude to go on the beach, right? So that was the rules. So me and my mates, we were about 13. We went and got a tinny from the yacht club and drove it round to the beach and moored it about 20 feet off and just sat there with binoculars, hoarding everyone. Because that's what you did as kids. The idea of seeing a nude chick was, oh, my God. Wow. Did you say you were 13 or 30? Oh, look, I still do it. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about an American horror movie. It's called The Outwater, and it Mm. is disturbing people so much that they are walking out of the cinemas to vomit. Here's a bit of it. 911, what are you reporting? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? (gasps) One theatre goer even exclaimed that his watch, his Apple Watch, um, alerted him twice about his heart rate going through the roof. So um, it's a movie uh, which is basically about a, a group of kids, or it, their kids are in their 30s. They go out to the mountains and they record a music video and all hell breaks loose. And I think it's one of the movies that would maybe scar you for life, which got me thinking um, about the movies that we've watched as youngsters or when we were when were you really young or just recently? And I've watched a movie. I remember watching a movie in 1976. I was about eight, I think. And it was called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was shit scared for years and it made me, well, even to this day, I'm one of them guys when there's a horror movie on, I watch it through my hands. I can't watch horror movies. And I know they're only a movie, but some of them are so realistic. Hey. So, just before we get into stories that make us frightened, let's have a look at this film first, uh, Outwater. 
This has got a whiff of the Blair Witch Project. Yes. I go every time, remember the marketing campaign was sensational. Mm. The film was crap. So they they had this massive campaign and it's like everyone how terrified everyone was and Mm. people were leaving the cinemas and wait till you see it and we can't show you anything now. Yeah, we're not going to show you anything because it's basically (laughs) unwatchable. So... I'm just alerting you to be careful when they say this movie's so scary, people are vomiting, people are leaving the cinema, people's heart rates are going up. Just beware, you could be taken to the cleaners here. When it comes to films that make you vomit, I'll give you a few. The Notebook, um, (laughs) Eat, Eat, Pray, Love. Anything with Madonna in it. Oh, true. That works for me. I noticed Tash has joined us in the studio. And MG wants to talk about this. uh, Films that scarred you for life. Have you got one, Tash? E.T. Oh, Oh, my God. I beg your pardon. What are you talking about? I was in year two in 1982 and I went to the Regent Theatre in Mudgee. And, you know, Mm. that was pretty fancy to do that. And I watched E.T., yet I was so traumatised that he couldn't get home that for the next two years I couldn't sleep because in my mind E.T. was in my wardrobe in my bedroom saying, I want to get home. Oh, or this. E.T. E.T. phone home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak into your bedroom when you're not there <laughs> and I'm going to wait in the cupboard all night and at four in the morning, <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> you have Just done that before, Mick, and I had to call security. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Sydney, one triple three five three. What's that movie I'm, I'm actually... that scarred you for life? I, I, the, another one for me was Bad Boy Bubby. That was oh, a scar. Yeah. Well, fair that enough. That was a Chucky? big scar. Uh, bad, bad Boy Bubby was like a date film for me. It was a great <laughs> first, a great first date when you're getting to know someone and you. Want to put on those moves and you just get into it. I'll give you the one. The first one I ever saw, and it was only because I was too young and it was very bad parenting from my dad's point of view. He took me to see Jaws when I was about oh, 10. Oh, yes. When I was yes. about 10. Yeah. And I did everything I could to leave that cinema. I was so terrified. And yep. for the next year and a half, I never went in the water. Uh, even a pool. Even a bath. <laughs> It's traumatising, Jaws. We're talking about movies that have scarred you for life. There's a new movie out called The Outwater, reportedly making people vomit in the cinemas, and we've got to thinking, what's the film that all your life uh, you've regretted going to see at any stage? (laughs) Rebecca's on the line. Rebecca, what scarred you for life? Uh, Morning, fellas. It was Watership Down, a really old cartoon about bunnies. (laughs) <laughs> About bunny rabbits is what I yeah. is, is, is my understanding. What was the scary bit? Um, they all die of mixomatosis. It's supposed to be a kids show. There's all these yeah. bunnies carking it left, right, and centre. I've never actually made it to the end of the film, and I'm almost fifty. All right, Rebecca. Rebecca. I would like you to get your own movie show. That would be fun to hear you review films. Mark, uh, what was the film, mate? Oh, Mickey, Mickey Malloy, morning team. Listen, I can relate to you, mate. 1975, State Theatre, 10-year-old, good swimmer, always out the back with me dad and me brother. <laughs> anyway, we used to get in Tartha, one of the best body surfing beaches. Well, mate, after I saw that movie, I shit myself Jaws. that much. <laughs> I went out halfway. I, I, mate, I'd go out halfway and I'd say, well, those bastards can get chopped first and, and then by that time, I've got plenty of time to get back in. <laughs>
That's right. It changed the way people went into the water. As I told you, I know surfers, and if they go out now and there's a shark in the water, they ring their mates to come down so there's more yep. surfers <laughs> in the water. Do you know what made that film so scary? Um, and it came from the originally what happened was the mechanical shark was so bad they couldn't use it in a lot of scenes. So the scary scenes are from the point of view of the camera and the tension is made by the sound, which is the cello. So uh, that, if you imagine you were watching it from another point of view, it would not be anywhere near as scary as it subsequently was, and that was because of budgetary constraint and the fact that the mechanical shark was shit house. Uh, and the result is one of the great movies of all time. Ben, uh, what was the movie, mate? Yeah, morning all. It was a Chuck Norris movie years ago called Silent Rage. And Silent Rage. Okay, don't, yeah, don't oh, remember. Oh, and, and this, there was a bloke in it. He just wouldn't die. Anyway, towards the end of the movie, Chuck finally threw him down a well. And the, <laughs> the camera pans down the well, and next thing you know, this bloke jumped out of the well, and it scared three shades of crap out of him. <laughs> I've hated that movie ever since. Well done. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Ben. <laughs> Uh, Chris is on the line. Chris, what's the film that scarred you for life? Oh, it's the piano. The piano. piano. Okay, <laughs> I thought that was a bit of a. It's a bit of a chick flick, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. We thought it was a period movie, right? Which it was. Mm. But um, took Mum to the movies, and she was old. She's an old Maltese woman, and <laughs> um, very Catholic. And um, yes. we're sitting there, and then Harvey Keitel stood up, and it was full frontal. So you saw his dick and everything. And um, my mother stood up in the middle of the theatre and said to me in Maltese, like, Christina, what is this? And then she walked out, like, threw her hands up in the air and walked out. Then we had to, me and my sister had to run out after her and apologise to everybody. It was a bit of a... And you're at the the IMAX too, which was unfortunate. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thanks for the call. This is hilarious. Uh, Troy, what's the film, please? Good morning, all. How are we going, guys? Good morning, Troy. I've got to say, uh, mine's a little bit uh, off-edge and a bit disgusting, but Human Centipede. Okay, we've had a few calls for the Human Centipede. Uh, (laughs) You won't be seeing, by the way, you won't be seeing uh, a documentary with David Attenborough uh, on the Human Centipede. (laughs) Uh, look it up if you game, uh, but we've had a few calls on that. Nikki's on the line. Film, please, Nikki. Good morning. How are you all? Morning, yeah, Nikki. good. What was the film? Love the show Silence of the Lambs. Oh, oh yes. Yes. It was a ripper. Beautifully oh, crafted. Yes, I'm oh, going to have a Chianti oh, and I'm going to have a lunch with an old friend. I'm going to, I'm going to eat an old friend. It was, oh. a bit of a rom- it was a bit of a rom-com. You know what was I it? mean? There's a love was interest it? there. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I like Buffalo Bill with the dog in the, in the well. Don't you hurt my pressure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Mr. Yeah. My Family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it so- gets the hose again. <laughs> Sorry, that was actually Prince Harry talking about his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, often we get some sport reports that come across our desk and you go, what the? Well, this latest one is in that category because the GOAT of the NFL, Tom Brady, who just recently cele- uh, retired, um, well, he's got a, a lucrative job offer from Fox Sports, but he wants to delay that job offer to pursue a career in stand-up comedy. 
<laughs> Mickey, this is something right up your aisle, I suppose. Um, we've got a couple of grabs here from from Tom Brady trying to t- give a couple of jokes away. Give You give us your critique on whether you think well, you'd make it or not. Well, he's got as much chance of becoming a good stand-up comic as Jim Carrey has of becoming quarterback <laughs> for the Patriots. It's as ludicrous as that. Now, as you pointed out, uh, Brady reportedly signed a 10-year contract with Fox. Yeah. That's worth $375 million. Wow. Just go and do that, you dick. I know. Don't you understand that? Stay in your own lane. Come on, man. Stay in your lane is a phrase we hear a lot, but if Tom Brady wants to do stand-up comedy, I would like to see it. I would too. Well, he could get a gig on our tour, probably replace Sam Payne. He's he's just walked in the studio. (laughs) You you can hear him in the background. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's listen to he's, Tommy. Let's see what he's got he's, to say. Hey, hey, hey. His first, his first joke should be, take my hot Brazilian supermodel wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is he up to it? Let's have a listen to the, tar- the comic stylings, the ones we already have on record from Tom Brady, and you be the judge. Here we go. Why couldn't the pony oh. sing? Oh, oh. Because he was a little horse. <laughs> he got it. He got it. This one's one of my favorites. Wow. You want to hear a joke about a piece of paper? Yes, I do. Never mind. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> what a joke that wow. was. Wow. <laughs> He's on my list of guys yeah. I want to be. He's on my list of guys I want to be. You know, there's guys like they're like Leonardo DiCaprio yes. or uh, Tiger Woods, Brad Pitt, Tom Brady, and you go, oh, you a guy, you know, you're a good-looking rooster, you're best in the beers, your wife's hot, and you've just got it ruined it for you. it all the way. And I am scratching him off the list as we speak. Here is the week that was. We started off this week with a story from Mick in a club in London. This is back in the One Direction days. And I see this guy up at the bar. He's obviously a One Direction fan and he's dressed exactly like Harry Styles. Right? Top to bottom. And I go, I can't handle this. I'm going to have to go and say a word. <laughs> so I, I go up to this guy at the bar and I go, mate, seriously, it's okay to like him, right? But come on, it's getting a bit much. Just <laughs> dial it down a notch. So I walk back to my friends and I go, what do you say? What do you say? I go, who? They go, Harry Styles. No! Oh! What? It was Harry Styles. Russell Crowe was denied entry at a restaurant in Melbourne called Mr Miyagi. So he's turned up uh, piping hot after a game of tennis with his girlfriend and been turned away. Yep. My report is he didn't take it very well. Here's what he said when they asked him for ID. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. <laughs> I will have my vengeance. In this life or the next. After they asked him to leave, he was over here having this conversation with his girlfriend. At my signal, <laughs> unleash hell. On <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, what would you do if I was if I was if I was doing if I was thrown out of Mr. Miyagi? I'd do the crane. Daniel oh. son. <laughs> Wax on. Uh, wax wax off. off. And Mick waited till the end of this song to cough right in your earballs. 
from some other. <laughs> Come on! I'm a professional. You had so much time to cough. That song was three minutes and 30 seconds of coughing time. Yeah, but. Unreal. <laughs> we asked Mick what he usually does after a night out. I'm going to drink, take it home. Sometimes I don't even ask. I just go, yeah, I'll just <laughs> grab a blankie. <laughs> And head to the drunk tank. Same. And you thaw out. Same. You thaw out. <laughs> yeah. Don't even try it on. No. You'll get maced. No, <laughs> no wave at the doorway. No. Nothing. No. I'll see you tomorrow morning. No. See you tomorrow morning. <laughs> A surprising hit at the box office is Cocaine Bear. Apex Predator. Based on a true story, they may have taken a bit of licence with it, as they have with a new film. It's called Attack of the Meth Gator. It'll go nuts. Imagine. It'll be like an alligator with no teeth. <laughs> And it doesn't doesn't blink for four years. Yeah. Before, before it eats you, it asks you for two bucks to catch a train. Mick also had his own idea for a movie with a very snappy, self-explanatory title. Vampire Lesbian Surfy Chicks. I've written the film. I've actually pitched it. People go, I'll buy it. Vampire Lesbian Surfy Chicks. What's the premise? Well, uh, you can probably guess. It goes off. Tash also brought us some very important news, which we took very seriously. More than 2,500 people are set to strip off for a vital cause in the world's largest annual nude swimming race. It's being held now. It's called a beach. I've got the. It's, it, called, it's, a beach. it's called Cobbler's Beach. Cobbler's. Now, <laughs> I bet it is. I went and did a deep dive on Cobbler's. And it's the. Okay, here we I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to get that phrase. Here we go. And that's going to come back to haunt you. A deep dive I've done a deep cobblers. dive on cobblers. Mick and MG agreed they've let themselves go. I sit on the toilet with the toilet door open. Yes. I wee in the shower. So do I. I leave my derp sunny side up on the bathroom floor. Oh. I can't remember the last time I saw my toes. Uh, do you turn your underpants inside out instead of changing them? Naturally. Well, if they then. pass the sniff test. <laughs> When I've got a double chin, I just grow a beard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wave the white flag. Sam Pang was asked what Mick would be doing if he wasn't a comedian. A male model. Oh, yeah, for a hand sli- model, but sli- not even that. slippers. <laughs> Tom Brady, he wants to pursue a career in stand-up comedy. Yeah. Uh, what do you think Mick would be doing if he wasn't doing exactly what he's doing now? Tom Brady going into stand-up yeah. would be like you opening up a franchise of gyms. You know what I mean? A fitness, fitness and wellness centres or something like that. It'd be unbelievable. Well, G, G45, Gout 45. That's what it'd be called. And what he's like on the golf course. People have this idea that he would be wonderful company. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Mickey, what a what a larrikin, what a knockabout. He, you know, he is just shocking company. The first round he walked off after eight because he wasn't playing well and it was too hot. And the second time he played nine and we walked past the clubhouse, we kept going and he went into the clubhouse because it was too cold. So I think fair weather is the best description, Michael. My best ever was uh, when we were on the driving range beforehand and I went, nah, not nah, today. Didn't even make it. <laughs> MG tried to make sense of going vegan with this celebrity list. Uh, Woody Harrelson, uh, Olivia Wilde, who was with Harry Styles and now she's not. Toby Maguire, that's why he was Spider-Man. He's not anymore because he can't get his strength up. You won't believe this one. The Exorcist. Linda Blair is a vegan. Well, that explains her pallid <laughs> complexion. That's why your head goes around and around. That's why around. she's so angry all the time. And Brad Fittler gave us one of the more bizarre moments and a glimpse into his mornings. All right, you won't believe this. I just went up to my chicken coop and got some eggs, and I'm walking around with a plate for some unknown reason. I smashed the eggs in my pocket. <laughs> uh, this is there's the bombshell of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go and change my shorts. And... <laughs> 
And to bring this baby home, we learnt how Mick's sons wrapped him up at the bar. The other day at my favourite watering hole, Jimmy's, and Jimmy said, why don't we get you boys behind the bar and you can serve? He put the aprons on them and Fred came up and he goes, you're off tap, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you'll get nothing here but fresh air. That was the week that was on Nick and MG in the morning on Triple M.